0: Good morning, everyone. It is the Friday morning good time edition on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by MGM, And we are ready to go with the big game just days away. First off, we'll start slow. We'll ease into this Friday and tell you what we saw on the hardwood last night. Then at 620, we turn our attention to Sin City with the Niners and Chiefs getting ready to battle. For a world championship at six forty. Find out which players we're backing and which ones we are not as we look at more props from the big game. Then at seven o'clock today's schedule in the association. Followed by even more Super Bowl props, and I regret to inform anyone and everyone listening, I will be taking a nap while we discuss Taylor Swift. And then during the 8 o'clock hour, we will look across the country, find out where the money is headed when it comes to the Super Bowl based on location, then our official fix at 820, followed by best bets at 840. Chelsea, it's a good morning Friday, good time, feel good, everybody's great addition, as you like to call it, and it's a football Friday, so you got to be pumped.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, do I want to ruin Jenks's day from the start of the show or should I wait till later? Because I feel like there is only one person that makes you more annoyed than Taylor Swift, and Mm -hmm. that is Brittany Mahomes. And guess who's in the latest edition of the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated? I saw this all over my feed yesterday. Brittany Mahomes prancing around in a bikini. And you know what, Jenks? I thought she looked hot.
0: I have not seen this picture. I guess I'll look it up. Tag you. Oh. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, yes. Oh, Catherine's gonna be
1: like, oh my god, does does he like Brittany Mahomes? And I'm like, I don't know. He just talks about her all the time. He just loves her personality.
0: I do. I love a woman who says, I just want to do what I want. I just want to do what I want. All right, here we go. Sultry swimsuit issue, shoot, big reveal. Oh, she looks good. I'll give her credit. She looks good. She looks hot. Yeah, she looks
1: good. I didn't know she had a good body under there. I was so busy looking at her close-up videos of her screaming at people that I didn't notice that (laughs) she's got a hot little body under there. Maybe Ah, she should do more of this and less of the screaming videos. Because isn't that what we associate with Brittany Mahomes? Is the close-up video of her saying like, yeah, you guys said we would be here. Do you remember what (laughs) video I'm talking about? And it's like yes. real shaky and frantic.
0: Yes. Frantic is the, is the perfect way to put it. It's frantic and annoying. Like I'm not, I don't get annoyed with Taylor Swift. I get annoyed with the coverage of Taylor Swift. But Brittany Mahomes, right. I will say, just does annoy me when I just see her talking or in a video or throwing a fit. You're right. This is what she needs to do. She just needs to turn the phone off. And just post pictures from her swimsuit edition shoots or whatever she's doing and lean into that. Why not?
1: Yeah, she looks great. So I was taken aback by this. Like, are you, it was like that meme of Shaq that said, I was unaware of your game. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll see if she has any kind of presence because, obviously, now she is such a side story with Taylor Swift taking up the entire social like aspect of the Kansas City Chiefs that we haven't yeah. heard from Jackson Mahomes. We haven't heard from Brittany Mahomes unless you know she's in a picture with Taylor Swift. So maybe Taylor Swift is a good thing because we are hearing less about those two.
0: Oh, I like that perspective. Actually, I didn't think about that. And it also doesn't hurt that Jackson Mahomes has some legal trouble right now. So he definitely needs to stay out of the public eye. But that's a very good point where it's like, hey, it could always be worse. Maybe you should be thankful for Tay and all the coverage given to her. Chelsea, I was happy to wake up this morning. I needed my co-host to get a dub and you got it uh. last night. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. You got to be happy.
1: Yeah, thank God for Kevin Durant because college basketball has been kicking my crotch lately uh, just from some bad beats. So I was like, all right, I can't handle it anymore. Let's go to the NBA. Had a great prop matchup for Kevin Durant against the Utah Jazz who were really soft against opposing power forwards, giving up the fourth most points and the third most assists. So naturally, I look at the points plus assists for Kevin Durant. In the past, he had averaged like 34 points against him. And he landed on 31 and seven assists. So that was a win for me.
0: Nice job, Chelsea. You just needed to switch it up. You'd been crushing college, and then all of a sudden, you were just getting beat by the hook every night. So you switch it up. You got a dub. I got a win on the ice last night. It was close until the third period. Panthers, three-way money line coming home against my Caps. I love the Caps, but man, they have really struggled this year. They're just not playing good hockey. Panthers went 4-2, and the dunkster good lord another couple dubs had marist laying three and a half at sienna marist wins 67 and then laid eight and a half points with youngstown state hosting milwaukee this game goes to overtime and still youngstown state finds a way to cover 97 85 so For the week, Chelsea, back in the win column. You are one and three. I'm five-and-one. The Donkster is six-oh and one. And incredibly, you guys can check me on this. I believe in his last 16, the Donkster is 14-1 and 1. Whoa, as much grief as I give the donkster, you just stay in your closet, buddy, because he just keeps on winning. It is a daily tip for BQL, presented by Bad MGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Let's get into what we saw last night in the NBA. Chelsea, you were on Kevin Durant in this game, and he comes home for the Suns. KD dropping 31 points. Bradley Beal adds 30. Phoenix leads from wire to wire as they beat the Jazz. 129, 115. The Suns laying five and a half points. Suns minus 205 on the money line total set at 239 and a hook. Devin Booker does not play in this game. They don't need him. And the Suns shoot almost 60% from the field with 12 turnovers. So it's very interesting when you think about Phoenix and where they've come. They're similar to the Clippers in that now they're clearly different teams, but they are so heavily reliant on their big three and it's taken a while be it with injuries be it with chemistry whatever it is now they're coming together and when you look at the futures market in the nba vegas is always so good at this right because early on it looked like oh my god the suns they just can't get it together or the clippers they can't get it together and yet when you looked at the futures markets they were right there and you thought why aren't you getting the value that you should be getting when these two teams are struggling well now they're not struggling and they're playing up to their potential so Chelsea, I'm telling you, the Suns, I, I I don't necessarily think I believe in them just yet, but they did make a trade yesterday for Royce O'Neill, I believe. I think that's going to help solidify their lineup down the stretch, give them some depth. But the Suns are a team that have been coming on, especially over the past couple weeks.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the big three have been looking good. It's a team that has plenty of experience when it comes to the postseason. And they have the superstars. Like, as much as I want to shake my fist and say, oh, they need depth, because I do think Mm -hmm. they do at some point, because it is a long NBA uh, postseason. But still, when you have that top level of talent, somebody like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal, if he stays healthy, you know, you certainly have the potential to contend in the West. So, you know, I am not fully sold on uh, the Suns right now. I do think the Clippers are head in the power rankings for me. But you're right. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a team to watch.
0: Let's move to Portland because the Detroit Pistons, Chelsea, pulling off an upset over the Blazers last night. I could not believe this score when I woke up this morning. Pistons winning 128-122. The Pistons were getting 7.5 points. They were plus 220 on the money line. You're over under at BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks set at 226 and a hook. The overhits. Jalen Durant. 27 points 21 rebounds Jaden Ivey with 26 and the Pistons overcome a career high 49 points from Portland's Jeremy Grant they went back-to-back games for the first time since October they improved to 8 and 43 on the season and what's even more impressive is that they were down 23 points in this game and they went without Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks whom they traded to the Knicks earlier in the day. You talk about a win that came out of nowhere. This is the one.
1: Oh, for sure. At least they did have Cade Cunningham back in the lineup for this one because obviously he's one of their best players. But this is why I was kind of skittish to bet on the NBA yesterday because mm-hmm. we were going to have so many trades going down, especially for these teams who are not in contention for anything. So, good on you if you chose the Pistons with, you know, a dart throw and said, yeah, I think they'll win this game outright. You know, excellent call. It felt like something that I don't know how we were supposed to see coming, but what is that, two wins in a row for the Pistons?
0: Yeah, two straight. Let's take a look at those Pistons futures. They're on a roll. Man, good win for Detroit. I mean, they they do have some young talent, and I think they're very smart to sort of deal Bogdanovich and Burks at the trade deadline because clearly they need some help, and they will get that down the stretch. just not going to be this year. Nuggets last night. In L.A., they beat the Lakers 114-106. The Nuggets laying three nuggets minus 150 on the money line total set at 230 and a half. The under hits, the Joker, one assist short of a triple double, 24 points, 13 boards, nine assists. Jamal Murray with 29. Michael Porter Jr. adds 27. And the Nuggets, here they come. They win for the eight time in 10 games, and they end the Lakers winning streak at three, Chelsea.
1: Yeah, this was kind of. Uh, a bummer for Laker fans because it was a big day for Laker fans. And I'll say basketball mm-hmm. fans in general because uh, L.A. unveiled or announced – or I think they unveiled the statues of Kobe Bryant. It was an emotional night, of course. And usually when it's those type of nights, you say, okay, LeBron's going to go off. The Lakers are going to win. Maybe against any other team, but not the Nuggets. Nicole Jokic and the Nuggets are just like, ho-hum, Sorry. Sorry that happened to you, but we're going to go ahead and take this win on the road.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think you I'm, – I'm glad you mentioned the Kobe statues because they have three that they're going to mm-hmm. unveil. They revealed the first one last night, and this particular statue, if you haven't seen it yet, it's Kobe, and he's pointing in the air, and it's an image of him after he scored that record 81 points. And Kobe himself, before he passed away – pick this particular image to be his bronze statue. So we haven't seen the other two yet, but I love the fact that that Kobe himself actually had a hand and was the reason why this statue in particular was chosen. So I, I love that he was actually a part of that before he ended up losing his life.
1: I'm trying to think of like the joke there about him wanting the ball and him wanting control all the time, you know? And he's like, nah. Artists, get out of the way. Give me the ball. I'm going to do this. Doesn't it sound yeah. like something Kobe would do? Somebody who had to have his hand in everything. And somebody who was really talented in the arts. Somebody who, he won either like a Grammy or an Oscar or something for a mm-hmm. short movie. So somebody who, you know, had his hand in everything, really talented. And of course, a huge loss for basketball and just the world in
0: general. No question. And there is a quote on the statue, which says this. Leave the game better than you found it. And when it comes time for you to leave, leave a legend. Kobe Bryant certainly did that. In Milwaukee, Chelsea, the T-Wolves all over the box. 129-105. Wolves laying two. They were minus 145 on the money line. Over-under. Bet a half. The over hits. Anthony Edwards leads Minnesota with 26 points, nine boards. Cat, 19 points. The T-Wolves also get it done from long range. They go 21-41. of 41 from three-point land but man doc rivers now in fairness to the bucks they were playing without dame Dalla and without chris middleton but they dropped to one and four since doc rivers has taken over and i don't know i don't know exactly what i think about doc rivers taking over i feel like it was a panic move maybe from the bucks he was brought in to improve their defense and then also yesterday they made a trade for pat beverly but it's hard to judge these guys because they doc really hasn't had a full deck yet.
1: Right. And they did trade for Patrick Beverly, who I thought as much as I do not like him as a person, I do think it's a good add to this team because they needed some perimeter defense, you know, in the props world, you always look at opposing shooting guards against Milwaukee because they don't play any defense. And Damian Lillard is an excellent offensive player, but when you're in the postseason, you need to have somebody in the lineup who can play lockdown defense on those you know shooting guards and so i think pat beverly kind of adds that to the mix so maybe the horizon is looking a little brighter for the milwaukee bucks but in the meantime it feels like they just got to get off the schneid it's not like they're hovering around 500 so it's not like you know the panic button needs to be uh, pushed right but this is a team that loves pushing the panic button so i can't imagine they are mentally in a great state
0: i'm telling you they screwed this up last year they screw this up in such a big way where they panicked after they lost to the heat and they, they fired their coach and then they make a trade for Dame. And then they fire their coach again this year, 40 something games into the season, This is all on the bucks. I'm telling this is Milwaukee's fault. And so now they're scrambling and they're not looking good with doc. We'll see if they get better once they are at full strength. And I certainly think they will be, but man, This just has all the signs of an organization that overreacted to an early round loss, and now they're trying to get it all together. We'll see if that happens down the stretch when they are finally healthy. Coming up in five minutes here on the show, maybe you call it the Super Bowl. Maybe you call it the big game. But most importantly, if they want you to win some cash, you can call yourself a winner. We're talking Super Bowl 58 next on the Daily Tip for BetQL. It is presented by BetMGM, the King of parlays. Stay right there.
1: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network.
0: Double D, you gotta give me a little sum hmm. sum. Oh yeah, baby! Thanks for waking up with us live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. She is my partner in crime, Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Coming up here on the show, the NFL gets ready to crown a world champion in Sin City. Chelsea, you know what I read a couple days ago? And it kind of got, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but Eric Biennemi, of course, who spent this past season as offensive coordinator for the Commanders. And when Dan Quinn was hired as head coach, he let EB go, said Cliff Kingsbury is going to be our OC. We appreciate your work. You're free to go. And so Eric Bieniemy has gone back to Kansas City and he has spent the last two weeks sitting in on meetings, helping game plan. I saw a quote from Patrick Mahomes where he's like, yeah, it's great to have EB back. There's a lot of energy in the building. We love having him here. And so is that any sort of significant advantage at all? Maybe not, but I think it's so fascinating that a guy, EB could end up getting a ring, right? Like he shows up for two weeks helps these guys get ready for the Super Bowl. And they're like, hey, you were part of this. Take this ring. Get yourself another ring. Welcome back. It's kind of crazy.
1: I do think he would deserve it, though. You know, if he added even one play to the mix that helped him win, you know, he deserves a ring. I was listening. Where was I listening? I think it was the Nashville radio station that was floating conspiracy theories about Andy Reid possibly retiring. Have we heard anything about this? And they were saying – it feels very on brand with Andy Reid if he somehow retired and then tried to make a way for Eric Bieniemy. Like, that feels like the type of person that he is. And I'm not somebody who is, like, super in with, uh, you know, the front office of Kansas City. I'm like, maybe this is right. way out of my, um, my waiting pool. But do you think there is a world in which Andy Reid, if he wins, do you think mm-hmm. there's a chance he retires?
0: I just don't see it. He said a few days ago that it's not in the cards for him or that he wasn't planning on it. Now, you know how people change. All of a sudden, you win mm-hmm. another world championship and you want to go out on top and Andy Reid has been doing this forever and maybe he just wants to kick back, count his Super Bowl rings, wait for the Hall of Fame and eat cheeseburgers all day, which sounds like a pretty amazing life, by the way. I love Andy Reid. But I don't know. I, I think that I think ultimately, I don't think he will, but I can understand why he might. So I think it's, it's not low-hanging fruit. It's just that it would make sense for a guy who's sort of done it all to go out on top at this point in his career. So it would be sort of the perfect ending. And I think some people would maybe love to see this perfect ending where a guy who's beloved across the national football league ends up being someone who walks away lovable, hall of famer, world champion. But I also think at the same time, these football guys, they have a hard time walking away. And right now, he's at the peak of his powers. He's making Super Bowls after all that time in Philly. So, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't think I see it. If it
1: were to happen, would it be this year, though? Like, look at all the amazing head coaches that have, like, stepped down. Like, Nick Saban, yeah. Bill Belichick. And if Andy Reid joined that threesome, mm-hmm. boy, what a, uh, you know, a lack and a massive big hole that that would leave in the game of football. So, it just – after the Nick Saban thing, I feel mm-hmm. like I am trying to like look past of the obvious because I didn't see that one coming. Like, did you oh, think yeah? Nick Saban was going to retire and somebody who made it to the college football playoff? It's not like his team was terrible. Maybe it was, you know, an indictment on you know the team mm-hmm. next year. I don't think it was. I think this is clearly something that he would think long and hard about. It's just mm-hmm. that's not a storyline that I have heard about Andy Reid until yesterday. So I just wanted to run it past yeah. you.
0: I don't know. It's it's And certainly that's the word going around Kansas City and people who are closer to that story than I am have a better idea, but something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's going to happen, but then again, I'm not exactly in the know here. Chelsea, last night, the NFL handed out its season awards. No surprise, your MVP is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, who got 49 of 50 first place votes. It's his second MVP award, comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. Then another Texan wins. Defensive coach or defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson Jr. Coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. Did any one of these awards or who they went to surprise you? These sort of, I will say, coach of the year, I thought to beat Go Ryan would end up winning that award. Stefanski beat him by a single first place vote.
1: I wonder what the deciding factor was uh, when people voted for Stefanski over Domenico Ryans. Because I think I would have voted for Domenico Ryans with that young of a team and the contenders that they looked like. Maybe yeah. it had something to do with, like, you know, having to go through multiple quarterbacks. Because the whole Deshaun Watson situation was a tough one, you know, both mm-hmm. from the, the, the factor of, you know, he didn't play the whole year and just the circus that comes with it. So I don't know. Who would you have voted for? Would you have been on Stefanski?
0: No. I think what D'Amico has done is remarkable. And yes, he has the two rookies of the year, both offensively and defensively. But when you look at how bad the Texans have been and for a guy to come in who's been a part of that organization, he's a great story. But also, look where he took the Texans' based on where they had been compared to where the Browns have been. The Browns have been okay, but they haven't been nearly as terrible as the Texans have been. And to do it with rookies, to me, is a lot more impressive. So I would have gone D'Amico Ryans because I feel like the job he has done. Who would have ever guessed? Would you have guessed that the Houston Texans would make the playoffs this year? I would have bet against that every day of the week. And the fact that they did is Remarkable! I absolutely would have gone with Tomiko Ryans.
1: I don't think it was, well, it was shocking that they made the postseason, but that division's really bad. I think the more shocking part is that they looked like they could contend. You know, it wasn't yeah. just like, hey, a team from the AFC South has to be here, so here you go. Mm-hmm. It was a team that I took fully into consideration for a team that could tend for the a- a- F- uh, AFC title. So I think that's the thing. Not only were they good, but – they now look like a power and a force to be reckoned with for the next, mm-hmm. what, 10 years now that they have C.J. Stroud? The future is yeah. extremely bright for the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah, isn't it amazing when you bring in a head coach and then you get a franchise quarterback and you make a couple of strong draft picks? Amazing how quickly you can turn things around. And it's it's not the norm, right? This is generally mm-hmm. the exception and not the rule. But still, congratulations to Kevin Stavansky, but I would have gone to Miko chelsea it is time for the big game you know what i'm talking about super bowl 58 niners and chiefs man these numbers have not moved niners laying two niners minus 130 on the money line chiefs plus 110 total 47 and a hook you know we've been going back and forth all week not necessarily debating but discussing a pleasant discussion as to what's going to happen here and i feel like now we're sort of galvanizing our picks and what we think is going to happen. So before I and I don't I don't necessarily need your pick right now, but what do you think what do you think is the the primary storyline in this game that will determine the game? Is it just how Patrick Mahomes will perform? Is that the one thing that will determine this game? What what is it, the one thing the the primary determining factor as to who's gonna win this game?
1: Well, like any game, I think it's going to be who makes the big play and who converts the big fourth down and who can take care of the football. Um, Other than that, I think it's way more than just the quarterbacks. Don't you feel like this game is going to be a battle for who can establish the run? I think we're going to see more of the running backs in this one, especially because yeah. that's what we've seen all season long from Kansas City. I know people love to talk about Patrick Mahomes, but this is probably the most balanced offensive attack that we've seen in quite some time. And Isaiah Pacheco, the way that he runs angrily, I feel like if anybody can you know, take the spotlight away from Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco. He has a tough you know, task going against this Niners defense that I will say in the last two games, have not been super stingy against the run. But if you look at the larger sample size, one of the best run Mm -hmm. defenses in the entire NFL. And here's the problem for the Chiefs. They can be run on. They can be run on all season long. They're a good overall defense, but if there was a weakness, it's against the run. Not great when you're going against uh, Christian McCaffrey. And I feel like that's why we're seeing his rushing props set in the stratosphere at 90 and a half. So I think... That's one of the biggest sabotage factors for the Kansas City Chiefs. If they can't stop the run, good luck stopping uh stopping the Niners and Christian McCaffrey.
0: I agree. And I think I'm gonna go with the Niners. Um, and we can expand on this, espouse on this later on in the show. And I've been I think I've been talking myself into the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. And listen, if you want to tell me, don't fade Patrick Mahomes as a dog, I get it. I totally get it. But my gut and everything I've seen is telling me, bet the Niners, bet the Niners. I'm going to bet on the 49ers. And to me, this comes down to Brock Purdy and him picking his spots and being smart with the football. If Brock Purdy has a good game, I think the Niners win this game. And for me, that's that's the real key to unlocking that offense, like you were talking about, is hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Make the Chiefs stop you on the ground. And and two things here. A, You're attacking the weakness of that Chiefs defense. And then, B, run the clock. I I think San Francisco would love nothing more than to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, run on the Chiefs, have Brock Purdy dump it off or take certain shots down the field when they are available and then keep Mahomes on the sidelines. And as good as the Chiefs have been in the playoffs, that's the one thing I keep going back to is the Ravens just got away from what made them so good they were awesome at running the football which is and the chiefs defense talked about it, is very good but if you're going to attack the chiefs you have to run on them and so the ravens said what is our strength running the football what is the weakness of the chiefs defense stopping the run what's our game plan let's throw it every down like i just don't uh, what were you got that made no sense to me so i don't think the niners will get away from what makes them so good on offense which is running the ball with one of the best running backs in the game. And so if they can do that, it opens the game up for Brock Purdy. And if he's effective, I think the Niners win. That's what I'm thinking. At least that's going to be my handicap.
1: I do think that both of these offenses are going to try to have long drives that take up a lot of clock. Like, wouldn't be shocked if both teams do that. Mm -hmm. I kind of see this game playing out similar to what we saw in the Chiefs and the Ravens matchup, where I know there were some missed touchdowns there. But still, it was very much a chess match where it wasn't just, you know, back and forth down the field. It was, you know, a little monotonous at times. And they were just going for first downs. But since you made the case for the Niners, let's go ahead and make the case for the Chiefs as well, because let's be balanced on the show. So it feels like the more obvious side. But here's the thing. Even if something is super obvious and super square, it also can have other reasons why it's a good bet. Because off the top, you know, your person that, you know, is your plumber is saying, well, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's not wrong. Patrick Mahomes, 10-1-1 against the spread as an underdog, including winning the Super Bowl last year as an underdog. This is the spot where the Kansas City Chiefs do really well. And it's more than just Patrick Mahomes. This defense has been very good all season long. Number two. In points per game the course of course the regular season and in the last few games in the postseason they have been fantastic at putting the clamps down in the second half of these games the halftime adjustments from steve spagman have been incredible that's why these second half unders have been scorching hot the chiefs 16 and 2 to the second half under uh you know in their last 18 games which is wild so i do think there is a case for the chiefs to win the game they have the experience oh, yeah. factor And, you know, if it comes down to the final two minutes, who else Mm. would you want on the field running a two-minute drill than Patrick Mahomes? And, oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey starting to look like old Travis Kelsey and not in a bad way. He is looking like postseason Travis Kelsey, who has 19 career postseason touchdowns. So I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think there's one side that looks overwhelmingly better than the other one. So I think it's going to come down to this. And this is not a sexy answer. I think it's going to come down to execution. Somebody who gets mm-hmm. the big fourth down, somebody who makes the big tar- turnover. And so that's why I'm having real trouble really putting my money heavily on one side.
0: No, you're right. And remember last year's Super Bowl, when you talk about how one play can completely turn the complexion of a game? And mm-hmm. and full disclosure, I'm not one of those people that says, if not for this one play, because there are a lot of different plays that happen throughout a football game. But, but there are certainly huge turning points remember last year in the super bowl jalen hurts was incredible but he had that one fumble that was returned for a touchdown and maybe if that play that was a real turning point in that game and if that doesn't happen maybe the eagles win that game so you're right about that. Sometimes, even though you try to take the full scope of the game into account, it can just be one huge mistake, particularly when you expect a game to be close that ends up being the difference. So I think you're absolutely right there. Coming up next here on the show, who's going to have the biggest game receiving on Sunday? Rasheed Rice or Debo Samuel? We're going to debate that matchup and a ton of others when we call our shot. It is a daily tip for you UL presented by Ben and Jim. Great to have you with us on a Friday. Stay right there. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you all week. You better you bet, and BetMGM Tonight will be broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay. Listen anywhere you go with the Odyssey app.
1: Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.
0: for for MGM. Coming up, we will compare players who play the same position on different teams in the Super Bowl and predict who we think will end up having the best game. Chelsea, I want to see if you do this because you mentioned this to me on Instagram a couple days ago when I was doing my Commanders podcast and you were like, you sound so different. You sound so Texan and so Southern talking on this show and... I responded which happens to me all the time and I do this subconsciously where I I mimic all the time. So whenever I'm talking to someone and I and it's subconscious, but I I hear how someone sounds, how they're talking, the vernacular that you're using and immediately like without even thinking about it, I fall into that that same sort of rhythm and I start sounding the way they sound. So I just hear something and I acclimate immediately. Is this something you do because I do it all the time? Depending on who I'm talking to, I will immediately just subconsciously start sounding like they do.
1: I think I do it, but not to a great extent. Like there are certain words that if you're around your country, friends, you know, it kind of comes out. But for the mm-hmm. most part, I would say no. And this kind of shocks me as a journalist that, that you mm-hmm. do this. Because your voice is such a big part of journalism, especially it used to be. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe not as as much as it used to be. But didn't you work on your accent and your voice? Oh, yeah. so to hear you like going back to that, it was like shocking <laughs> to me because when I hear you talk on here, I don't hear an accent at all. Like there are certain right. words that occasionally come out, you know, from underneath the trunk, but still. <laughs> it was shocking for me to hear. I was like, oh my God, is he doing a Matthew McConaughey impression? What's he
0: doing? Well, the thing is, and honestly, my accent, if you think that's bad, my, the accent I grew up with is four times worse. I mean, I'm talking country, country. I have, I have one MP3. I had it converted from a cassette tape. Uh, one of my first ever DJ stints in 1988, and you have never heard such a country hick in your life. But I'm on that show. I talked to Santana Moss, and I talked to Fred Smoot, and Smoot in particular. Normally, I do this podcast with Smoot, and Smoot is country. He's from Mississippi, and so he gets real country too. And so when I'm talking to him in particular, and I hear that, then I just, I just kind of go into it with him and end up talking that way. So I, I hear it too. And some people in the comments will be like, why is he talking like that? And it's, it's I don't even think about that, but it, it does happen to me all the time.
1: It's weird to me because when we were coming up, there wasn't this deal where everybody was chronically online and chronically posting TikToks and videos. Mm-hmm. So when you go into TV or whatever, and you first start watching yourself on video and listening to yeah. your voice, Isn't it so bizarre? You're like, oh, my God, I'm really that country because I'm from not maybe as country as you are, but I'm from the South. So I had a much stronger Southern accent when I first started doing this that I I kind of had to get myself out of. Like you can still keep touches of it, but it can't be like so overwhelming that people think that you can't read, you know, because that's the problem with Southern accents is that you don't sound super smart which I know it's like a stereotype. There are plenty of smart people that come from the South. It just, it doesn't sound super educated, but was that something that was bizarre to you too when you started watching yourself? Cause now everybody makes videos. So now everybody's like super aware, but it didn't used to be like that.
0: Uh, Yes. And I, I don't like watching myself, honestly. Like I, I, I do because I want to critique myself. I don't want to see, what I like, what I don't like, if I'm being repetitive, if I have any crutch phrases, or I don't know, I'm always trying to, always trying to just polish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm never gonna the, the the lights never gonna go on. I'm gonna be like, oh well. Is, is Jimmy G still is he you know, I'm, I'm never gonna freak out like that. I've done this long enough. But at the same time, you can always get better. I mean, I really do believe that. So I'm always watching myself with a critical eye, which is not a fun way to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. it's even harder now, because not only if you're hard on yourself, like I am, and I think you are too. That's one thing. And then not only are you hard on yourself, but then you have random strangers come in and say, Oh, yeah, let me tell you how bad you are. And you're like, Oh, God is the worst.
1: Don't you think everybody has some sort of level of self-cringe, though? Like, nobody watches videos of themselves and says, like, oh, my God, I'm so amazing. Like, do people do that? I don't think I know a single person that, like, really? Like, I guess in broadcasting... But I feel like it would take a long time for me to watch a video of myself and say, wow, I did every single thing right. Because there's always <laughs> going to be like that one little inflection and that one little pause where you're like, Chelsea, why mm-hmm. didn't you keep talking? Chelsea, why did you sound like that? Uh, like right there. That was weird. Um, so I don't think I'll ever <laughs> do that. Jenks, you know people like this?
0: I've seen people like this who are sort of in love with
1: just Themselves. sort of in love
0: with the- themselves yeah and they have a very high opinion of and this i'm not really thinking of anyone in particular but i have seen this over the years and it's not common this is not some sort of like hill i'm willing to die on or anything like that but you do meet people from time to time who are very into themselves right they're very influencers influencers in particular right like they have very little self-awareness they're like look look at what i'm doing look at me i'm going to make this about me so i do see that from time to time
1: suitcase They do things that they think are interesting to us. And they're like, let me give you this life hack with packing. I'm like, you act like people have never packed a suitcase before. You're like, listen up, peasants. I'm going to show you how to be a better human. That's not a life hack. Like, you know, packing socks is something that we all do.
0: Wake up with me. Here's how I get ready each morning. I'm like, I don't know you. Let me get this straight. You're waking up. You're doing your hair. You're getting, you mean you're getting ready? Like everyone else gets ready every, like to me, those videos are the ones that confound me. I'm like, yes. Or are you pouring some coffee? Wow. Oh, you wow. brush your teeth? You brought oh. whoa, this is crazy. Go to bathroom? Oh, oh I, I just, I don't understand. I'm like, I wake up with you. I'm trying to wake up. I don't need to wake up with someone else. I'm like to get myself up. Oh, Chelsea i got to tell you guys something. Let's put all these influencers aside. You want to talk about something real? Let's talk about the big game prop bet challenge at BetMGM. Guys, the king of sportsbooks is giving you a chance to win a grand prize of up to $58,000. If you can predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of eligible users, it's really easy to do. Find the promotions tab on the BetMGM app or BetMGM.com and enter for your chance to win 58000 thousand dollars chelsea we got to call our shot here george kittle versus travis kelsey which player will have a bigger game i feel like this is pretty obvious
1: yeah and i don't know if the question is who's going to get their receiving props and you know who's not because you've got to remember it's not a fair playing field because travis kelsey's props are going to be higher and the juice is going to be higher on him to score an anytime touchdown but i think the thing going against george kittle here is not that he is not a good tight end. Like, we all know that he's one of the best tight ends he's great. Uh, in the NFL, but also he's really good at blocking. And I'm wondering if he will be used more in that respect if they're trying to get the ball to somebody else or whatever. And also, the Niners have so many more weapons that feel reliable as opposed to the Chiefs. Because Travis yes. Kelsey, I feel like, is going to get more targets and more catches simply because the the depth chart for Kansas City Think of the circle of trust for receivers and, you know, obviously a tight end for Patrick Mahomes. Like Travis Kelsey is the security blanket. So I think for that reason, it's going to be Travis Kelsey.
0: I think you're right. And I will say, I would not be surprised to see George Kittle surprises because he's been really banged up. And I think, what was it, last week, sat out of three practices trying to get healthy. So this extra week will benefit guys like him who are going to play but aren't 100%. All right, Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm glad you pointed this out. It's all relative, right, because they have different Mm -hmm. numbers set based on their individual performances and what we've seen throughout the season and the matchups. But who do you think has the best chance of surpassing his passing prop?
1: well i think that there's a good chance that we see patrick Mahomes go under his passing yardage prop i believe it's 260 something maybe 270 just because kansas city this year has committed way more to the run so this is not me saying that brock purdy is better than patrick mahomes i am saying as far as passing yardage is concerned I think Brock Purdy will probably throw for more yards or at least come closer to hitting his passage yardage, uh, passing yardage prop, which is considerably lower than what we're seeing for Patrick Mahomes because Joe Casual thinks, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw it. Hasn't been the case. Isaiah Pacheco has been a huge part of this offense. So mm-hmm. especially if the Chiefs jump out to an early lead, I feel like they're very much going to try to hang on to the football and run it. So some of this kind of goes into game script. If you think the Niners are playing from behind, that's usually the quarterback that you take for your passing yardage prop is the team that you think is playing from behind and trying to play catch up. So I think I'll go Brock Purdy here.
0: I think you're right. Although, yeah, I think you're right because game script is, to me, key here. And I think the Niners want to run the ball, which leads us to Christian McCaffrey versus Isaiah Pacheco. Now, McCaffrey has a much higher rush total at that MGM. But who do you think has, and it's really high, but who has the best chance to surpass that total?
1: Ooh, this is a tough one. Although Mm -hmm. I think both of these guys have a really good chance to go over their rushing attempts, which is not the same thing as rushing yards. Uh, Because Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards is like 90 and a half. There's a chance that Christian McCaffrey runs for 89 yards and two touchdowns, and nobody's going to be shocked. But like I said, I do think that both teams will try to establish the run. So I think I'd go with both of the guys over their rushing attempts.
0: Oh, I think you're right. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I honestly think we're going to see a lot of running in this game. And I, 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 I understand. I actually like the under as well when it comes to the total. But I know a lot of people you see, you see these high powered offenses, you see it back at the homes, you think over. I think we're going to see a lot of the ground game for both sides. Coming up next here on the show, Hawks, Raptors, Hornets. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the bad teams and the good ones as well. It is the schedule in the NBA. This is the Daily Tip for QL presented by BetMGM. Hour two coming your way next.